Hello everybody, it's Thursday so it's Lit Sock, uh, not Cracker Jack. Uh, Mr Humphreys and I are looking forward to um, continuing our discussion about the new books yes. that have arrived, of which there are many, Yes. Um, <laughs> but also a very gl- quick glance at the Booker shortlist which came out on Monday. Tuesday. Tuesday, on Tuesday. Uh, you may have heard that um, it uh, is different. Mm. It's um, for our times uh, across the world um, with people obviously writing in English but not necessarily living here. Mm. Um, One... Very notable omission. Yes, very notable omission, which we'll talk about next week. Um, Yeah. But some interesting texts. Very interesting texts. Lots of indie... Indie uh, publishers. uh, Yes, which which is great. You know, that, that's all to the good, because indie publishers need a bit of a helping hand at the moment. Yes. Uh, and we, yeah, so we haven't had the books in yet. So when we do have the books in, that's when we, we should next week, because uh, Pat Regency is brilliant, and I'll order them tomorrow. And she'll get them to me by Thursday. I know she will. So. Excellent. <laughs> so we're going to take up where we left off last week. Yes, indeed. And you very briefly talked about this. Mm. Do you want to go on? A bit more detail, I'll, I'll, well, um, I haven't read it, so mm-hmm. all I know is that it's it's been highly, highly praised. Um, Anne Patchett couldn't put it down. Uh, yesterday, Lydia had a bookshop. Yesterday, Lydia was married to a journalist. Yesterday, she was with everyone she loved most in the world. Today, her eight-year-old son, Luca, is all she has left. For him, she will carry a machete strapped to her leg. For him, she will leap onto the roof of a high-speed train. For him, she will find the strength to keep running. That's all it says on the blurb. That's literally the blurb. And I think, uh, from what little I know, uh, it's it's yeah, the woman loses everything. It sounds a bit grips of of, of Rothy, possibly, you know. Mm-hmm. And and there's mm-hmm. sort of right a passage that uh, goes yes. this. Um, Stephen King says, "Want to have a novel about a good woman on a run with a beautiful boy? It's marvelous." And I think it's hard hitting, obviously. Um, and I think it's very timely. I think it might be incorporating themes such as um, you know the the border. The build, build the wall because it's American, obviously. The build the wall border, quite possibly. Ah, now also there's um, what I mean. I know we're not talking about it, but on the shortlist there is a book, a story where they go with a, on the Booker. On the Booker, yeah. They go into the wilderness, right? And it's modern. It's not mm-hmm. okay. Like this. Okay, sounds um, sounds good. So we've got sort of there's a theme in there. Yes, yeah. yes, quite. So I mean, so yeah, this this is when it's coming. I mean, if we're going to start with these, mm. are we going to start with these? So um, one I want to draw people's attention to because this is, this is accessible to all, and this is one that Miss Milton was um, uh, mm-hmm. talking about. So this is called "I Will Not Be Erased: Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Color," and it, the author, so to speak, is Gal Dem, and uh, essentially it's it's uh, street slang because Dem them. And gal, girl, girls. So them girls. Them girls. Yeah. So um, and it's uh, it's no it's a, a magazine, an award-winning online and print magazine. Worth um, checking out. Absolutely, created by women and non-binary people of color, and this is a collection of their writings, our stories about identity, sexuality, family, love, and power. Yes, and it's it looks very accessible indeed. In, I did have a quick look inside. So, so the language isn't too abstruse. Not at all. No. Not at all. And it's about teenage girls and the various issues. Excellent. Your Just face. Up our Absolutely. Viewers. Up, up, up our viewers street, street, and it yeah. really, really strongly recommended. Um, so, you know, just to give you some examples, uh, one about drugs, <laughs> from nightclub to A&E, a tale about drugs, 
um, dating as a British Muslim. Oh. Uh, my boyfriend boxed the art of breaking up. Find your superpower. You're the one and only you. Listen to your inner voice. Your first girl crush won't be your last. So you can see... It's out it, there. It's, it's, it's very much something that are, are going to appeal to a lot of our Definitely. our, our uh, yeah. community. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just going to look at that British Muslim one. Mm-hmm. Very, very briefly. I'm not going. I'm not going to read too much of it. Mm-hmm. Written by Sarah Jafari. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a diary. I'll just read her diary entry that she wrote, age 19. My mind is conflicted. Guy's everything I should want in the boyfriend. He fits the bill for all the characters I've created in my fantasies, but I find it hard to believe we will last long. Then there's the issue of sex. My body is totally fighting it, and telling the truth would be mortifying. I'm half considering breaking things off to save myself the embarrassment. I'm always going to have this problem. And because he's popular, I'm scared if I tell him, other people will find out that I'm a virgin. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's seen that way when you were 19 years old. I just can't face telling him. I had a dream I did, and it was terrible. And anyway, I have this fear that doing it will send me to hell or bring me shame or regret. And going this long without having done it means that I can't even just go and do it with someone as if it means nothing. But even if I could, I know I wouldn't want to. It's really powerful stuff, this. You know, and it, straight. It's and straight it adds talking. It to the heart of it, isn't it? it yeah, just it cuts says to it. it without, um, in a but in a writerly way. Absolutely. Yeah. In a writer, yeah, exactly. It's, it's very yeah. very well articulated, and mm. it's it's none of this fancy Dan dressing up and things. It's it's like no, this is this, this is, is my this, this is my, my truth. This is how it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I can't recommend this highly enough. Mm. I think it's uh, it's essential reading. Mm. Sounds it. I will not be erased. Um, and just to remind us, how do we get? How can <laughs> our members access them? I shall be doing this every week, I, I feel. I feel uh, that you will. It's sl- you're slowly getting there, people. <laughs> you're slowly starting to pick it up. But I, uh, so access its app, on, available on your iPad. Log in via... S- yes, <laughs> for most of you. <laughs> Log in via single sign-on. Uh, your username, just press that and it should take you to a Google sign page. So it's your school username and your school password. Same thing you use. And then once you're in, just do a search. So here we go. If you want to get this one, I will not be erased. Type that in. Click reserve. I will get a message reserving for you. I will drop it off. Alternatively, if you are um, a member of our alumni, uh, make sure that you order it from your public library or ask your public library to borrow it because we really need to start using our public libraries again. They're mostly open again now. Um, and they'll really uh, look after you. Everybody's, you know, making sure that staying staying safe, etc. So please, because otherwise they're going to disappear. It will yeah, disappear. Yeah. So that sounds, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right up on the street. So I mean, and of course, so on on the subject, of course, there's plenty of others. Um, so uh, I don't know if, if Miss Anthony wants to mention particular ones. We got natives. Where Carla? My name is Y. Um, British, Afua Hirsch, um, White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. Mm-hmm. What, Small Island, yeah, that's a bit of a classic, of course. So a bit of fiction and non-fiction. Um, why I'm No Longer Talk to White People About Race is the big one. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the one of the moment, isn't it? That's the one that um, was on the bestseller charts. Yes. And she... Vying with Girl, Woman, Other. Yes, yeah, Yes, definitely. absolutely. And, and um, Renny Ado Lodge, she did sort of express mixed feelings Very about mixed it. Feelings, yeah. and, I can, and I can understand why. Um, but... Why I'm, it, it is the the number one. I mean, all these others are, are there or thereabouts, but it's it's the one. She started it as a blog. Why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. So I'm just waving to her, the cleaner, uh, gentle viewers. See, life goes on. Life goes on. Um, so she um, she started as a blog just yes. because she's you know she just got they just don't understand why I feel like this. It's like why mm. you know what you know it's, it 
it's not it's, like racism was back in the 1960s no, or yeah, it and it's but it's still there. No, it's still we, there and it's it ingrained. But yeah, it, you you know you immediately you're more self-conscious of it. Just you get, walking down we the get street different and, different things. If you're exactly. a woman, you get cheer up, darling. Exactly, it'll never happen. Exactly. So if you're a woman of colour, then you get the you get a double down. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so and it it was just so very well put and very well argued and how you know all these people for example who talk about free speech and disingenuously claim that oh you know ooh, it's uh, this this woke generation it's like mm. no no you don't it's again it's just mm. you're saying this from mm. it's, it's not equal opportunity right. privilege yeah. it's yeah. You're, you're working from a lower base immediately and it's, it's it's just so well put and um you know both both uh the race and the gender mm. case mm. you know she does she does explicitly say look this is, you know, let's take an example of a of a black boy who's got very good A levels, but he's already going to be at a disadvantage because of that for for a white boy who's got the same as him. Yes. So it's not it's not just the gender, the the race is very prevalent too. Yeah. And it's not preachy either. It's it's accessible. Have you read it by the way? No. No. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's, it's very not accessible. Gave it to me, and I haven't yet read it. Okay. Which is my bad. It's. Ah, you know. there's plenty to read right now. Well, it's, um, as long as you do read it. I will. I will. It's it's, uh, it's it's exceptional, and that's why it's the number one. But of course, all these others. I mean, here we go. Here's a uh, black and British by David uh, Osega. Yes, and he is uh, a very he is very, amazing. He is fantastic, and um, you know, I, I saw him on Question Time. Was it Question Time the other day? He was mm-hmm. just outstanding. Yeah. Um, so th- this is uh, I haven't read it to my shame, but th- he has got the accompanying TV series, of course. On Com- the TV series was excellent. So yeah. moving. Mm. So moving. Um, I spent a lot of each episode at the end in tears um, because they put up a, the, a, the documentary is exploring things, it's exploring things for the community, and then they put up a plaque. Um, not a blue plaque, but a black and gold plaque. Um, mm-hmm. And across the world as well, not just in Britain, um, but wherever British feet have stood. Yeah. 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 Exactly, and yeah. what it means to be British. Absolutely, well, because that's yeah. something that's been hijacked by yeah. certain elements. Uh, yes. And speaking of which, here's a good one: how to argue with a racist. <laughs> um, this is a good debunking of eugenics. Because mm, eugenics which, is still. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Adam Rutherford is wonderful. He's he runs the podcast with I can't think of her name. Um, oh, on they do the program on Radio Four about weird. It's sort of weird science. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, they're both really, really good about, really cool about science actually, and, and uh, different aspects of the earth. Uh huh. So is he? Yeah, he's kind of. Uh, I was saying Brian Cox, not not exactly. But he is. He is. He is, a bit in a, like, he is in a way. Yeah, he is in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh gosh, they they're sort of this sort of double act, um, and it's a bit like Holmes and Watson, but but <laughs> but they're Watson, equal. But they're equal. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, and. Um, Yes, he's got. A, he, the, I listened listen to it quite a bit in lockdown, actually, because they were still carrying on and talking about, um, you know, having children at home, etc. So yeah, yeah right. it's good. So that's his, and yeah. then uh, yeah, I mean, some things out. Miss Milton took uh, the Good Immigrant. That was one I would have mentioned mm-hmm. if that was here. That's mm-hmm. essays from people and their immigrant experience, and it's a, there's a variety of people again. Like for example, you know, because obviously Mo Farah, not he's not one of them, but. Essentially, it's like, what is it like to be an immigrant in this country if you don't win a gold medal for yeah. your country? Yeah, <laughs> Essentially. And um, uh, there's one from that actor, what's his name? The guy who's um, 
young guy. He he's a bit of a rapper as well. Femi. Uh, no, he, he's not an actor, is he? Femi. No, no. He he did. He was in um, Four Lions, the main character in Four Lions. You know the the comedy suicide. Uh, oh. One, directed by Chris Morris. He of notorious brass eye notoriety. Right. Um, and he was also in. Hang on, hang he was on. in the Reluctant Fundamentalist movie adaptation. Riz, Riz Ahmed, Riz Ahmed, Riz Ahmed, Riz right. Ahmed. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so he's written a piece in there, and I think um, I think some maybe some athletes have, mm-hmm. and I think Renny Lodge has got a piece in there mm-hmm. as well. So it's yeah, it I, and it's it's funny in places. Mm. I haven't read all of it. I've read bits mm. of it, and uh, so that's another one I would have mentioned. And yes, we've got this lovely city, which is a novel, a new novel about the Wind Windrush Generation. Mm-hmm. We've got woke, how to be an anti-racist, hood mm-hmm. feminism. That looks like it might be in a similar vein to this, mm-hmm. quite possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got yeah, some fiction too. I've mentioned Small Island, which is a classic, but mm-hmm. this is another one that's uh, homegoing. Mm. Uh, and then there's a, an American Marriage is another one that's uh, come oh, out recently. Oh yes, yes, that's right. That came out a while ago, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so have, have you read? Have you read have you read that one? No. Nope. No. Nope. Did you want to talk about any of these? Um it's quite a small island if uh... Small Island was um of course oh National Theatre. Thank you. Um it, this is quite off if you've not come across it before, um Andrea Levy and Andrea Levy um was an really a national treasure and sadly no longer with us. And there was um you can catch up with her on iPlayer because Alan Yentop did a pro- whole programme on her and her influence on Black British writing um, about a year before she died. Um, it's on BBC. It was on BBC iPlayer during um, lockdown. Um, it's called Imagine and um, Small Island. He talked about Small Island, but also about Long Song, mm. the Long Song, because yeah. they dramatised that, and of course they've dramatised Small Island as well. BBC. Um, this was this came out in 2005 and uh it was phenomenal it it just it won what had been the what is was the Whitbread novel and the orange prize best of the best no it didn't come did it come out no it didn't come out in 2005 what's the matter with me it came out oh it's it? older than that isn't it 2004 yeah, well, yeah. No, a little bit older however than it it um it uh yeah, it won the, the top accolade, best of the best, as it were. So, um, and it, it really encapsulates the immigrant experience, not just from not just from the Caribbean, but but uh, has the wartime. So, um, it, it it would speak to Irish, Polish, Ukrainians, anybody who who came to help and then perhaps came back or stayed after the war, and of course even now. Um, two women, Queenie and oh, Hortense. Yes. Um, and how they, how their paths cross uh, um, through one house in uh, Notting Hill. Um, really, really worth a read. Um, Long Song is set in um, the Caribbean, West Indies, yeah. um, and. Uh, Again, is is about the experience of slavery, mm-hmm. um, which of course is is a great question of our uh, time still. Mm. 
know, the leg the yes. the legacy of the slavery. legacy the, the legacy. legacy of slavery and imperialism still so, still yeah. keenly felt and of yeah, course yeah indeed. as indeed is the case in small yes. islands and what bring is Winston isn't it he's the other narrative voice that's that's the good thing about it of yes, course yes it has is multiple narratives multiple narratives um, and of course um, Bernard yes does he, he he features a narrative voice as well does, does he yes I think he does so, so Bernard is um, Queenie's husband yes who. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> courts her in a sort of slightly um, rubbish kind of way, actually. But she, well, she go well. You know, it is there's certain circumstances because she she's from the north. Yes. She's from Lincolnshire, is it? Yes, that's and she right. goes down, and yeah, it's, it's the characters about, are fantastic. Um, how it, you move from from a different one life to another life, and yeah. how you adapt. Yes, yeah. it does. There yeah. you go, because he is yeah. uh, and. It, quite an uns- ins- unsympathetic voice mm. in some ways mm. uh, but more sympathetic I said to you before didn't I in, in, during lockdown he was more sympathetically pra- portrayed on the stage, on the stage yes. than he yes. was in the series I would say I think so partly because of the casting maybe but yeah the but way think... the, the, the way he was played mm. um, and I suppose they, they played up the you know when he was on duty when he, when he disappears mm. and you know, when you find out later why he's been mm. gone for so long they mm. do play that up mm. I, I'm not saying they don't in the book mm. or that Andrea Levy does it in the book but yeah they they, they do make it clear I think mm. but, which is which is fine you don't you don't need to be a pantomime villain it's it, it's it's, mm. it's complex issues afoot oh yeah. yeah definitely it's um it's it's oh it's 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 wonderful wonderful and tragedy and tra- it's yes it is tragic and yeah, I mean, of course, we don't give away any spoilers, but <laughs> there's a major, tw- major, major twist. Major twist. Huge twist. Yeah. Uh, that links, it's, that twist is the bridge between the characters. It links them all together. And yeah. it's it's like the fallout from that is, that's the tragedy, but also a bit of hope in a mm. way. Mm. Yeah. And it's kind of the same in the long song. That's also... Yeah. Uh, a tragedy in many ways but but not again we without giving anything away we can't give it away, we can't give it it. away. yes read, read it. it you have to read it because it's fantastic so let's like, sum up then um the what we have here um, oh yeah also let we got some good new ya in this oh yes punching, this, the, air, yes. punching the air yes uh and you know jason reynolds has said it's a masterwork and i'm, I'm sure it must be. oh like yeah, so does ibram uh-huh so utterly indispensable and this is it looks like it's a male version of the poet X, which mm. which is a very reductive way of describing it. <laughs> but you know, just just glancing at the blurb, mm. it's only just arrived in mm-hmm. viewers. I haven't had a chance to look at it properly. It, mm. it looks, it sounds great, and I think mm. it is based on a real experience of some of a man who was arrested for a crime he didn't commit. Is that right? I, I I'm, I'm thinking you might know no. the way you reacted. I thought maybe you knew more about it than I did. Uh, and here, yes. here, here's a straightforward title, The Black Kids. <laughs> uh, oh, Los Angeles, 1992. Oh, Rodney King. Oh, Rodney King. Okay, right. We have it all. We have it all. So All times are here. Indeed. Yes. So, 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 so look, basically, to summarise what we have here, um, I did mention this. We could spend hours talking about mm. these books. That's why mm. we're moving on now. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we have got the reading guides um, up on the learning space now. Uh, so, if you, you know, you want to find out more. And what we've done, we've demarcated. We've done it by key stage, but we've demarcated it: fiction, non-fiction, podcasts, documentaries, including David, for example, and 
uh, we say, you know, what are the issues within? So if you want to find out more about slavery, for example, mm. then that's demarcated. If you want to find out more about the immigrant experience, then that's, and Small yeah. Island is one example of that. Then Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So plenty to read, plenty to, plenty find, to out find out about, yeah, as, about. As, as our awareness has all been, has been raised. Definitely. Definitely. And can continue to be. Yes. Con- uh, continue. Yes. yes. Obviously, we, we mustn't relax yeah. our vigilance. It's something no, for us to right. continue to be aware that's of. That's right. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk now about uh, this book, Diary of a Young Naturalist, which I think I've talked briefly about. Did I talk briefly about it last week? If you did, it was very brief. Okay. Um, uh, Dara McAnulty is from Northern Ireland. Um, he's only 16 years old. Now. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Seven, perhaps 16, perhaps going 17. on 17. Um, and this is his first book at that ripe old age. Um, he, uh, he's, he's won the Wainwright Prize, which is given to, peop- to authors who write about natural world, about walking, climbing, anything to do with the out- outdoors, natural world, um, nature writing, uh, which sounds which sounds cliched, it sounds a bit sort of sectionalised, but in fact it's not, because this, um, because Dara is um, autistic. Um, and uh, that gives him uh, a particular take on the world. Um, and he's, he's had quite a tough life because of it. Um, uh, but he's found his solace in nature, and that's through his, the, his family, um, who, who walks, his father, his mother, um, and um, that's where he's, his major interest is. Uh, he's he's consummate scientist, naturalist, um, but that's how he makes, he relaxes um, and uh, keeps himself sane. I would say um, it's um, and it's most beautiful writing um, it's it would be amazing for somebody who's tw- twice his age let alone um, Robert McFarlane comes to mind but mm. you know um, but it's it's so it's extraordinary mm. um, and there he is going off on his with his pack on his back and that's how he walks um, Chris Packham the uh, wonderful naturalist who, who again has the same um, difference. Mm. This book is very pertinent. It's a diary, but essentially timeless. It's about enduring. It's about passion, beauty and connection. It's really, really special, it, which just says it I like think, it is. Yeah. Absolutely to yeah. the point. Um, and uh, if you don't know who Chris Packham is, he, he fronts um, Spring Watch, watch Autumn yeah. Watch, Winter Watch. Um, he's an environmentalist. He's passionate about preserving and um looking after the world and uh, he's not he's not prepared to um be um to sit on his hands mm. he's taken on um the hunting community the shooting community um and uh, and actually the farmers as well um you know there is there are different ways of doing things um and uh but he's also got other 
interest as well. He's he's a great um, lover of music. He's um, got a great <laughs> record collection, and during he lockdown, does. he was playing um, yeah. particular albums every night. Um, he says he wants to get cremated in his black punk rock leather jacket. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can say that. Um, and this is what Lauren St John says. Now she's the uh, ex child children's laureate. Yes, she is. Yeah. She's been in school, but she visited us here a few years ago. Yeah, St. John. Um, great, you know, um, Charlie and... Char- oh, Lauren. hang on, is it Lauren St. John or Lauren Child? Oh, no, it's Lauren St. John. Sorry, beg your pardon. Lauren Child was the one. Sorry, the one sorry. She did Charlie pardon. and Lola and Forget so on. Lauren St. John is is also a YA author. She was in, yes. she visited school. She, she did come in, yes, that's she right. Up, she did um, uh, books that set in Africa. Yes. The Last Leopard. And she did books about horses. Yes. And she also has done a sort of spy series called uh, Lauren Cove Mystery. Laura, Laura, Laura Marlin, she's over there, essentially, because... Right. You see, you're... Because Lauren Child... Lauren Child is just there. Lauren Child does a spy Ru- series Ru- well. Yeah, Ruby, Ruby, Redford. Ruby Redford. Ruby Redford, which is also... Oh, insane, mad. Insanely popular. They've yeah. got the same first name. Absolutely. <laughs> Apologies, Lauren St. John. Anyway, Apologies, a beautifully written, <laughs> profoundly important classic of nature writing that will ignite a passion for the wild in every reader. A stunning achievement. I adored it. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't read it yet, but here's a sample. Because um, I just love... the. I'm very concerned about the planet. I love, I love the na- I love nature. I mean, don't get it out. We should all be enough. concerned about the planet. Of yeah, course. absolutely. Um, and this is, be- I just opened it at random. This is page twenty-six. It's not our usual it's page sixty-nine. Everybody, <laughs> I'll do that um, in a minute. <laughs> yeah, Mister Humphries will do that in a minute. But um, she's, he's talking about a particular bird, and this is um, a bird that I've heard in the Somme. Um, sadly nowhere else in Britain but I'm sure there there are some um, and it's also associated with the First World War um, and our image of pastoral Britain uh, a particular music is associated with that which, which I'll talk about in a minute Skylarks are our Sunday choir as we walk out west the landscape our place of worship as it always is it's breezy but bright I spy a pair of grey lag geese nibbling grass by the distant edge of the lake and by the time we reach them, I count eight in total waddling close to us. They show no fear. When we arrive at the Seabird Centre, we realise we're half an hour early. Such was our urgency to get here. We're met by Hazel and Rick. They've been living on the island for a year and are incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about the wildlife and so very warm and welcoming. I don't say much, but that's not unusual for me. I always smile and nod, except when talking about birds. And even, but even then, although I might look comfortable from the outside, I'm not. I feel squeezed in the middle. I'm trying to process conversations, always looking for nuances, facial expressions, intonation. It often gets far too much, so I just zone out. My heart beats too fast. Sometimes I walk away from people without realising. It can all be a bit awkward. So there we move from this beautiful metaphor, Skylights are our Sunday choir, and it's the lark I was talking about to um, what he sees and then where they're going and who they meet and his own experience as um, an autistic young boy, young man, um, and the tiring Mm. part of life, which Mm. he gets great joy from, but also cannot sometimes cope. Mm. And so, and actually, it's all, you know, he, he says it, doesn't it? Um, I'm trying to process conversations 
um, I feel squeezed in the middle. We all feel a bit like that sometimes, mm. but um, particularly if you're, you've really just got to, you don't do it instinctively, you've got to do it consciously, and that's very, you know, very tiring. Um, and that's, so everything that is Dara perhaps is in that, that short passage, as well as the, the just the delightfulness of, of the person oh. and the writing. Yeah. Um, Skylark's are Sunday Quiet. I mean, that just is such a beautiful metaphor. Yeah, and, and I know that, that that sort of language is just effortlessly done throughout the, the book. The landscape so... are place of worship. Yeah. Um, it, it um, you know, for somebody who studies nuances of language like I do, it's mm. just... It's wonderful. It just sums it up. Mm. Just It just encapsulates the two to go together so well. Um, he's very honest, isn't he, about yes. how he's... Very, yeah, absolutely. I mean... He's very self-aware, and I yeah. think that's, that has to be down to his... The, the parents and, and mm. people who've, um, you know, helped him. It's... Um, there he is. <laughs> um... That it's looks like a moment of release there. Absolutely. So, what he's, I mean, he's, I don't know if you could see that. He's, he's just jumping. Jumping. Can you see, buddy? He's just, it's a black and white photo. He's jumping across a, um, a, a stream, I think, a stream bed. But it's just this feel of release. Mm. Um, so we've got prologue, spring, autumn, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Um, and it's in a form of, uh, yes, it's, it, it is written in, in a diary form. Yeah. Um, so it's directly to the page and his experiences, but also um, there are um, at each uh, section, each change of season, there's a long, uh, in a sense, essay piece as well, um, just giving a bit of context. I'm lying on the ground looking up at the branches of an oak tree. Dappled light is shining through the canopy. The leaves whisper ancient incantations. So that sums up the oak quite well. Um, as somebody who went to Good underneath God. an oak tree during um, the summer when the day when the, it was absolutely tipping yeah. down. Um, it's like goose pimples. I mean, just, yeah. just thinking a sixteen-year-old. Right? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. I mean, obviously, it's been through editor, it, yeah, the editor's but... hands, but um, it is beautiful. Just stunning. Mm. So um, definitely that's on my reading yeah. list. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. So thank you for getting that in. That's uh, brilliant. You're welcome. Okay. Um, You'll borrow at the end, obviously. <laughs> yes. Add to my pile. And now, uh, new Matt Haig. This is always a moment to celebrate because we love Matt Haig here, don't we? Watch my lids off on Matt Haig. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, Mr. Humphreys has already been there. Um, and... Uh, if you if you're in t on Twitter, Matt was really excited when this came out, and um, <laughs> yeah. it uh, it came out. Maybe it was over the summer holidays. It was over the summer holidays, so but um, very re but not not on the big big day, was it? It was earlier than that. Um, not on the six hundred day. Oh, mm, I don't think so. No, don't think no, I came out that. earlier. Anyway, so he's yeah, so um, lots of lovely comments on Twitter. Um, and uh, look at that, that look at that title, the Midnight Library, one library, infinite lives, and of course, absolutely true, because yes. we're sitting in a library, yes. infinite places look to visit, infinite lives who've written the books, yeah. infinite places to go. Um, he got there first. Um, 
uh, any book about a library is exciting, um, but Matt Haig's particularly so. Between life and death, there is a library. Yep. <laughs> when Nora Seed finds herself in the Midnight Library, she has a chance to make things right. Up until now, her life has been full of misery and regret. She feels she's let everyone down, including herself, but things are about to change. The books in the Midnight Library enable Laura to, Nora to live as if she had done things differently. With the help of an old friend, she can now undo every one of her regrets as she tries to work out her perfect life. But things aren't always what she imagined they'd be, and soon her cho choices place the library and herself in extreme danger. Oh dear, OK. Before time runs out, she must answer the ultimate question. What is the best way to live? Which is something that oh. Matt is very interested oh, in yes. and tweets about and blogs yes. about and writes yes. about, has written about, because he's made choices. He had to make choices and um, uh, reasons to stay alive sums yeah, up the that, choices. Yes, yeah. this, this, that's the first yeah. book of his that I thought of when you were reading that. Mm. Yeah. Um, because let's not, uh, as I said, mm. in my list of, let's not forget mm. that he when he was at his lowest ebb, reading helped him a lot. Yes. And it sounds like it's going to help, Definitely. what's her name, Nora? The, the, Nora, the, yeah. The protagonist of this a lot. And of course, I bet, you know, you, when you went oh dear then, <laughs> he does like to put a bit of peril in his stories. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, well, a bit it of excitement. Be, it wouldn't, you can't just have the library, you know, yeah. going da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, here comes somebody else. Here we are. Da-da-da. Yes, uh, too twee. Be, yeah, too twee. Um, but, you know, he's he is very good at uplifting Mm -hmm. And because of where he's been, and he he's a good person. If you're feeling low, yeah, he's a great person for that. His his books, some mm -hmm. you know, um, reasons to stay alive. It's it's very direct and honest. But in terms of his fiction, yeah, there's a lot of that too. Like the humans, for example, yeah, and you know what it means to be human when you have this alien masquerading as a in a human body. So this this sounds like Something it could that's be come up time and time again. Yep, yep. So sounds sounds very intriguing. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure he will depict the library beautifully because as you say there's lots of great examples of library in fiction mm. and uh, I'm sure this will be another one absolutely and the audio book already available is read by Carey Mulligan which is really interesting ah oh, there we go yeah um, great uh, Later Suffragette if you don't know who I'm talking about yep um, a lovely voice I think to yeah, be, yeah. To listen she, to. Was ve she was very good in, in that Suffragette and of course she was in uh, Gatsby that's right as Daisy Yes, uh, less, an less, education. Uh, yep. Um, was she in Never Let Me Go? Yes. Of course, she's very prolific, actually. She was in. Oh, she was in a. She was in a an Austin adaptation a long time ago. Now, which one was that? A long time ago. I mean, she's quite young. Uh, yeah, she, well, she is. Um, was she Lydia or something like that in Pride and Prejudice? I'm just thinking it must have been. She, was, oh yes, she was. Was she? That was a complete guess. She wasn't guess. Lydia. <laughs> In she was another young. She, was she character. Kitty in the two thousand and five? Was she Kitty? She, no. I mean, how old would she have been then? She must. She would be. She could have just left school. I'll have to look it up. Okay. Um, digression. 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 <laughs> um, a boy called Christmas. Have you read Boy Called Christmas? I've read a girl. The girl who saved Christmas. Oh right. He's got his Christmas books. Yes. Uh, it's been made into a film with Maggie Smith, Sally Hawkins, Jim Broadbent, and Kirsten Wieg. Fantastic. Is, yeah, that sounds great. More than two million books. Right, let's hear a bit of it. Uh, this is um, 68. Oh, 68. This is 68. 
As time stood still, Nora's curiosity about the lives around her slowly grew. It turned out to be near impossible to stand in a library and not want to pull things from the shelves. <laughs> Why can't you just give me a life you know is a good one, she said suddenly. That is not how this library works. Nora had another question. Surely in most lives I will be asleep now, won't I? In many, yes. So what happens then? You sleep and then you wake up in that life. It's nothing to worry about, but if you are nervous, you could try a life where it's another time. What do you mean? Well, it's not night time everywhere, is it? What? There are an infinite number of possible universes in which you live. Are you really saying they all exist on Greenwich Mean Time? Of course not, said Nora. She realised she was about to cave in and choose another life. She thought of the humpback whales. She thought of the unanswered message. I wish I'd gone to Australia with Izzy. I would like to experience that life. Very good choice. What? It's a very good life? Oh, I didn't say that. I merely feel that you might be getting better at choosing. So it's a bad life? I didn't say that either. And the shelves sped into motion again, then stopped a few seconds afterwards. Ah, yes, there it is, said Mrs Elm, taking a book from the second to bottom shelf. She recognised it instantly, which was odd, seeing that it looked almost identical to the others around it. She handed it to Nora, affectionately, as if it was a birthday gift. There you go. You know what to do. Nora hesitated. What if I'm dead? Sorry? I mean in another life. There must be other lives in which I died before today. Mrs Elm looked intrigued. Isn't that what you wanted? Well, yes, but... You have died an infinite number of times before today, yes. You have died in every way you can at any time you could. So I could just open a, I could open a book and just die? No, not instantaneously. As with Voltaire, the only lives available here are, well, lives. I mean, you could die in that life, but you won't have died before you enter the life because this midnight library is not one of ghosts. It's not a library of corpses. It is a library of possibility. And death is the opposite of possibility. Understand? I think so. And Nora stared at the book she had been handed. Oh, I'm, no, I'm, that's so good. That's so now good. I, I mean, he's... Now I understand why somebody last night tweeted, I've read this in four hours. I didn't go to bed. It's got all the hallmarks, all the hallmarks of Hague in that. Definitely. Definitely. Right, that's another one for the list. Another it always was. List. It always was on the list, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It never was. Hey. Um, right, my last one before you start the day yeah. with Mitchell, uh, as time ticks away, is um, there's a new, in paperback, John le Carre, agent running in the field. Um, John le Carre, uh, been writing, well, pretty much since late 60s, uh, 1970s. Before uh, before he he left working for MI6, mm-hmm. MI5, um, and um, his great character was George Smiley, who um, I got to know uh, when I was first at university, uh, portrayed on the TV by Alec Guinness, who would only mean anything to you if you've watched Star Wars uh, or even Smiley's People or whatever. Um, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, the older, older Obi Wan yeah, Kenobi, Ewan not Ewan McGregor, um, and uh, he also wrote um, the book 
the Night Manager, which the famous TV series with uh, Hugh Laurie and uh, also uh, Little Drummer Girl, Little Drummer and Girl. The Constant Gardener. Yes, which the was Constant, oh, the Constant Gardener. So yes. many, 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 many films and books. Um, and uh, this is about somebody called Nat, who I've not come across before, but. Um, Usual problems. Nat, a veteran of Britain's secret intelligence service, thinks his years as an agent runner are over. In other words, we've got another... Yes, George kept being called out of retirement um, to sort some things out, and this is another one. Uh, But MI6 have other plans. To tackle the growing threat from Moscow Centre, that's another phrase, um, that's the equivalent, uh, KGB equivalent... Nat is put in charge of the Haven, a defunct substation of London General with a ragtag band of spies. His weekly badminton session with the young, introspective, Brexit-hating Ed, okay, it's up to the date, offers respite from the new job, but it is Ed, of all unlikely people, who will take Nat down the path of political anger that will ensnare them all. Okay. Um... Mm, this is interesting. The Daily Mail. Subtle, wry and seamless. It's an utter joy from first page to last. Okie dokie. I do wonder sometimes. Um, <laughs> Economist blisteringly contemporary. Uh, the Spectator. A rich, beautifully written book studded with surprises. Narrative is a black art. And Le Carre is its grand master. Hmm. Okay. So we've got two left wing and two right wing okay well they both love it so there you go uh unputdownable says the observer sunday times bestseller that means it's been on the list to jane that's his wife mm-hmm. um it's quite short by his standards um mm, well, I'm, well not, I'm not saying it's short i'm just saying by his um no tinker taylor soldier spy was Two thirds of this. Oh, okay. Um, but of course, it was very complicated. So you, yeah, you so, so you had to read it very slowly. <laughs> what was going on? Um, it's in the voice of. It's in the voice of Nat. Okay. Um, I'll start with the beginning. Our meeting was not contrived, not by me, not by Ed, nor by any of the hidden hands supposedly pulling at his strings. I was not targeted. Ed was not put up to it. We were neither covertly nor aggressively observed. He issued a sporting challenge. I accepted it. We played. There was no contrivance, no conspiracy, no collusion. There are events in our, in my life, only a few these days, it's true, that admit of one version only. Our meeting is such an event. My telling of it never wavered in all the times they made me repeat it. So, okay, so we've got foreshadowing. We've got... Uh, declarative we've got a statement of fact in other words he's told this story before and um, he's had to repeat it Um, and uh, then we go on to find out where he is when he's saying this so something's happened and we're at and of course we've got to have some reason for the book actually existing because it's in his his voice Um, and I think we can work out that you know, whatever it was, it wasn't good. But somebody was pulling somebody's strings. Uh, but he absolutely just states that it wasn't pulled by somebody. He's not a puppet, complete mm. puppet. Mm. So intriguing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yep, that's what he's good at, seeding yep. the intrigue. Yep. And there's, you know, the dark, shabby forces at work. Definitely. Yeah, the carry. Great. Mm-hmm. Gotta love the carry. Yes. 
And you've got to love David Mitchell, everyone. <laughs> right. Humphreys. Uh, yeah, one of his favourites. Yeah, he's, he's he's definitely up there. I mean, mm-hmm. Cloud Atlas. I adore Cloud Atlas, mm-hmm. and I know that not everyone does, but you can't, you can't you can't deny it's the scale of its ambition. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and you know he's he's done similar things since mm. uh, Bone Clocks. Um, I don't think he's quite. He still hasn't matched Cloud Atlas. I mean, very hard, tough to like, follow. But this is probably my favourite of his since Cloud Atlas. But that might be because of my personal interest in the central uh, premise. Which is it's set in late 1960s, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. at the height of uh, the Summer of Love and uh, you know the music boom, music revolution, and utopia, utopia, and the psychedelic cover. Exactly, yes. yeah, that that probably tells you all you need to know. And also, you got mm-hmm. the, you know, oh right, yes, mini skirts. Hopefully, you can see that. Mm-hmm. So that is that is a summation of uh, the, the times, and um, so it's about the band is called Utopia Rhapsody. Oh right, okay. and it's. Uh, it's also multi-narrative, and it's told from the point of view of mm-hmm. the different band mem- different band members, and they're called Dean Elf, who's the sole female uh, band member. Oh, okay. Uh, I've got one. Yes, they do. Yes, exactly. Good point. <laughs> well said. Because again, remember the time this is set in. Um, then it's Jasper, and then uh, Cliff, I think it is. I can't remember the the, the other uh, guy's name. Okay. And, is he the drummer? Um, no, actually. Oh, okay. Um, the, the drummer does actually have one cameo appearance. <laughs> it's not Spinal Tap or anything, but yeah, the, the drummer has one cameo, has one cameo appearance where he wait, and they're all, it's all third person, but close third person narrative mm-hmm. of, their, of their different point of views as as the band history band progresses, and they start off being like you know just a bunch of wannabes who all get thrown together, and then they gradually get big. And it, it's, yeah, they're influential. And um, I was just saying this to Miss Huntley before we started filming. Um, they do meet actual real-life big names. So, for example, they meet John Lennon at a party. Oh, I see. I understand now. Yeah. I understand now. Because when you said, when you, when you said David Mitchell and then you said um, they meet, David Bowie and John Lennon, and I thought, oh well, they're time traveling again, or you know, oh this sort of... no, well, no, no, well, no, <laughs> but no. but actually, well, actually, it's, it's funny you should say. It. I'll explain why in a minute. Like, <laughs> so yeah, they meet John Lennon at a party. Um, one of them, I can't remember which one. I was trying to find it earlier. Hmm. Meets David Bowie on stairs before he was famous. Before he, you know, became well, he went through many different personas. Of course, did uh, did old Bowie. Um, and they meet the Grateful Dead at the mm-hmm. end, and they meet Janis Joplin, you know, all of these big Always 60s big, icons. Big and, of course, so I, was, I, was, out. I was loving all that. Yeah. I was loving it. Um, but it's just it's just so well written, and um, each voice is distinctive. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very good at that, you know, the, mm-hmm. again, distinctive voice for each character. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he, that, that's why he's such a great author, because he, he, can, he can talk as convincingly as... You know, a so bit of a, a bit of a ventriloquist. Yes, yeah? you could yeah. say, you could say that. Um, yeah. So give you two. So Dean, if there is a main character, I suppose mm. Dean is, mm-hmm. and he's like this sort of Londoner who's a bit down in his luck, and he gets mugged in the opening chapter. Oh no! <laughs> which is which is a great start. It, oh right, put, yep. it pulls it you in. Be, yeah. So he writes convincingly as as this working class down in his luck mm-hmm. uh, south. I think well, somewhere in London, and mm. then Elf is you know, she's actually from quite a privileged background. You know she. Ashamed of the fact she's from a privileged background, it's, yeah. and it's unfashionable. Yeah, um, but Very. Uh, but she, he writes convincingly from her point of view too, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's so good about it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, yeah, you mentioned time travel. Basically, another thing David Mitchell likes to do, he's very cheeky about this. I think a lot of authors, he may, I mean, Matt Haig might be one example. He likes to refer to his other books and insert other characters in. And uh, Jasper, 
the Dutch guy, he gets heavily involved in something mm-hmm. that is a holdover from the Bone Clocks narrative. And other there are other allusions to things like Cloud Atlas and his other books as well. Right. Um, but he does it in a very... Cle- it's, it's never heavy-handed. It's always... Mm-hmm done very cleverly yeah. now he, he did take a long time to write this it is a very long book it's about 600 plus pages but i read it in about four days wow unputdownable um okay. so here's a here's a bit of a uh, page 69 mm-hmm. and now this one is from let's see whose point of view this one is this is it would be helpful it was about the top of the page wouldn't room. it it would be but it tells you so what they do is it's split into into side into so this is from side one this, oh, I'm very clever. This one. Okay. Paradise is very paradise. See, you got Abandoned the, Hope, Moss, Arasen River, Holloway. So right. Moss is yes. Dean, that's Alf. And Dark Room, this is Jasper. Right. So this one's told from Dezoit. Dezoit, yeah. Does that oh, name I look see. familiar? A thousand uh, Sorrows of Jacob Oh, of Dezoit. course, yes. So Absolutely. he's, he's, so he's yes. a little spoiler for you. He's a, well, it's not a spoiler, really, because it's obvious. If you've read it, he's a descendant of Jacob Dezoit, one right. of his other books. right. <laughs> So, Victoria Coach Station churns with engine noise, fumes and noise. Pigeons roost on struts and supports. Jasper tastes metal and diesel. People stand in queues looking tired and unlucky. Liverpool, Dover, Belfast, Exeter, Newcastle, Swansea. Jasper has visited none of them. If Great Britain was a chessboard, I'd know less than a single square. Hot dogs, calls a vendor from his trolley. Hot dogs. Mecca, I can't remember who Mecca is, I think it might be the manager. Mm-hmm. Mecca and Jasper find a Heathrow coach with only a minute well, to spare. That's an illusion as well, Mecca, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, see, yeah. As Mecca gives her rucksack to the, the driver. Oh, in... this, is his, this is his lover. Sorry, he's his lover. Okay. As, she's an artist. As Mecca gives her rucksack to the driver, so she's about to go away and leave him. To stow in a luggage hold, a large, agile woman in a headscarf presses a wilting carnation into Jasper's hand and closes his fingers over it. Only a shilling, love. Buy it for the young lady. She means Mecca. Jasper gives the flower back, or tries to. Don't? The woman looks shocked. Or you may never see her again. Imagine how you'll feel if something happened. Mecca resolves Jasper's dilemma by taking the carnation herself, putting it in the woman's basket and telling her, ugly. The woman hisses at Mecca but Ooh, moves on. You don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> Dean says I'm a nutter magnet, says Jasper. <laughs> he says I look both vulnerable and as if I have money in my wallet. Mm. She frowns at him. For Jasper, frowns are even trickier to decipher than smiles. Ah, yeah, he's also a bit... Yes. Uh, like our good friend yes. Dara there. Yes, Angry. Then she cups his face and kisses his mouth. Jasper suspects this is their last kiss. Press play and record. Don't change, she says. Thanks for the last three days. I wish we had three months. Mm. Before you can answer, a large Indian family fl- files into the coach, forcing them apart. The grandmother is last, glaring at Jasper. A crackly tannoy announces that the Heathrow coach is about to leave. Jasper guesses he should say, I'll write, or when can I see you again? Mm. But Mecca's future is not Jasper's to make claims on. She's not making claims on his. Remember her now, face, hair, black velvet jacket, her moss green trousers. Can I come with you? I'll leave it there. Oh. So, um, oh, there's loads of foreshadowing there. There's loads wow. of foreshadowing, and it's, it's just, that's just one character, and it's so, it's so very layered. But as you can see, it's very readable, too. Mm. So, um, yeah, f- fantastic. So, of, of all, obviously, well, I've already read it, so I can't say mm. that of all the books that have come in, this is the most exciting one because <laughs> Matt Haig might be the most exciting one. But um, just, we need to start wrap up yes. now, don't we? Just to finish off, I just want to point out a few other new things that have arrived. Um, so, for our younger viewers, mm-hmm. we have two new David Williams books. Oh, right. Because okay. he, he I, I don't know if these both were published over the summer, but they're both, they're both in hardback mm-hmm. only. So, Slime, 
and the world's worst parents which is the, the latest uh, in the series yeah. of oh, the right. world's yes, worst because, series um, that, uh, that pro- provoked um, various tweets definitely uh-huh. mm. The final of the murder most unnamed uh-huh. life books. Oh well, somebody we know. Reserve Lots it. We know. Reserve like that. it. Yeah. Before it goes. So yeah, death. <laughs> death sets sail, and it's the last one. So it'll be interesting yep. how she ends it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk about that one in a minute, maybe. Uh, obviously, very briefly. Very briefly. Um, and the last one I'm going to mention is um, this one. On Earth, we're briefly gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. Mm. Um, I think set in Vietnam. Marlon James, Booker Prize mm-hmm. winner, says it's a marvel. A letter from a son to a mother who cannot read. Written when to speak, a little dog is in his late 20s. Mm-hmm. The letter unearths a family's history that began before he was born. It tells of Vietnam, the lasting impact of war, and of his family's struggle to forge a new future. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. And so to finish off, Miss Huntley. Um, this is Samantha Harvey's The Western Wind, or as, as I kept thinking of it, The Western Wind, which, <laughs> because it's set in 1491. Um, it came out in 2018, but I didn't. I didn't get it until uh, the summer. Um, a wise, wild, and beautiful book. Yes, it's an it's a actually a murder mystery, but it's told backwards. Um. Um, so its structure is very interesting. And I'm trying. I was trying to think. There were, is another book I've read that was also told backwards, but I can't think of it now. It was quite <laughs> tough. <laughs> Um, because I kept having to think, where are we in the? Because it's written with day one, day two, and what it mean, it, what that means is, um, when they discover the body, or know the body, well, they think it's happened, mm. and you go backwards until that body's still alive, um, and um, it's about how one action leads eventually. But you don't find that out, that one action until the end has led Got to yeah, yeah, I, all, yeah. all sorts of... Keep up, basically. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And so it really... It, I read it consecutive days and nights. I didn't, I didn't have a big gap. Um, and I, she really... She's, it's really good. It's, very, it's beautifully written. It's 15th century Oakham. So, and there were moments when I thought... Hang on a minute. Are we actually in the real 1491, or is she doing a Robert Harris? So that we're yeah. in a, because some of the language didn't mm. seem quite right. And this is seems to be a very very rich village, and it says tiny, and they're in major problem because there's so much water coming down. It's raining and raining and raining. But it's basically this one person when a man is swept away in the early hours of Shrove Saturday. An explanation has to be found. Shrove Saturday is the, is the Saturday before Shrove Tuesday. So we're just in the approach to Lent, and that has ramifications as well. And basically, um, Thomas Newman, who's the who's the vic- victim, um, has got has left the village um, on various pilgrimage, on a big pilgrimage. He went all the way to Rome and then came back again. And so his... his money has paid for what's happened in this church which is lots and lots of things that you wouldn't find in any other English church at this point um, so it's about the law it's about the church and the church's um, influence before Henry Henry VIII hmm. arrives <laughs> um, and um, which is 
so the you know the beginning of the reputation is not that so it's 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 a village on before um at the i suppose at the the apio apotheosis apotheosis of the roman catholic church before it it's downfall as it were so they're under threat by so the village is under threat also by uh, monks who want to come in and and raise everything and and make and build a new priory so it's also got resonances for things like hs2 and um <laughs> other developments you know that that actually come in and you it's, know that you're it, uh, that are under yeah you know, threatening it, it, it sounds very intricate um it's um what having not read it it sounds a little a little name of the rose a little it, the time traveler's yes. wife a little beyond black, Hilary Mantel. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my instinct on on that it's, on that um, um, description. Very, a very, very very good description, by the way. Oh, well thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't. I I found it I found it difficult, but mm. it's but it's really. I didn't I didn't give up on it. Um, okay. But, uh, so um, yes, but year um, year ten upwards only. Okay. Yeah. Oh, red dot needed. Yeah. Okay, understood. Um, he's 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 quite a solitary man. Um, the priest John Reeve is his name. Um, and um, Destin Ash is the way I am. I sleep the sleep of angels. Just 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 the opening line. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I've got to pick what to read now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we we need to wrap. We, need to wrap <laughs> we really up, do. I've so, got other places to be. Yeah. Uh, I've got a date with the old Vic. Oh right, okay. So, Mr. Sheen, <laughs> Mr. Sheen, Mr. Oh, well, yes, exciting, indeed. exciting. Yeah, let, let me know how definitely. that goes. Yeah. Uh, so we will see you next week, gentle viewers, mm-hmm. with uh, and we'll talk about the book in more depth. Yeah. Okay. So until then, keep reading. Keep reading. And see you soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.